0: Welcome, friends. You are listening to the Mind Body Alchemy podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Miramontes. This is where intuition meets education in the realms of spirituality, fitness, mindset, and more, all to create lasting change. Welcome back to the podcast, and thanks so much for being here. I appreciate how you keep showing up for every episode. And if you are new here, then welcome. We are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects and that is trigger foods. Trigger foods are one of those things that some people get super excited about and other people are terrified of them. Those who are terrified of them generally have some pretty intense labels that they've given these foods, and I just want to demystify the trigger food I wanna talk about expectations, what they are, what it looks like and how you can start incorporating them so that you can work on your relationship to food and stop acting so hung up on everything that goes on your plate. All right, let's get started. We're talking allowing all foods, trigger foods and neutralizing food, which are all in the same package really. When you've been restricting foods, the idea of allowing all foods can be pretty scary. You've demonized them. You've labeled them as bad, as fattening, as unhealthy. But then at the end of the day or the week or the month, depending on how much you've exercised that willpower muscle of refusing to eat them, you find yourself face first in a pack of Oreos. You might not even like Oreos and you will find yourself face first in a pack of them. This reaction to off-limit foods is what leads you to believe that you have no control, that you'll eat until you're going to explode and that you'll never stop eating once you start. But that isn't true, is it? You always stop eventually when you're sick to your stomach, when the food runs out, when you fall asleep on the couch, when you're busting the button in your jeans, or you just have something else to do. Every meal ends eventually. Some foods are really easy to neutralize, and others take a little bit longer. When you drop the restrictions, oftentimes the food itself just loses its appeal. Let's face it, dieting can make us do some weird shit with our food, and we can gaslight ourselves into eating some bullshit. I am looking at you fake diet ice creams. Some foods you have to add into your meals with intention for weeks, Months or even years before you stop thinking of them as either a magical unicorn food or the devil drenched in chocolate. So, when clients start adding these foods in, they start anxiously waiting to not want them anymore. They email me saying, Steph, when will I not want to eat these foods? When will I stop liking them? The fear and the urgency comes from wanting weight loss, of course. Otherwise, they probably wouldn't care which tells me that they believe that these foods are the reason that they haven't lost weight or they are the reason that they've gained it. Eating too much of any food is going to create weight gain. That's how the body works. Sure, some foods are more attractive and encourage you to eat more of them, but that doesn't mean you have to cut them out, be afraid of them, or that you're powerless here. The reason you're struggling so bad to neutralize food is not because the food is delicious. It's because you don't want it to be delicious. You're waiting for the day you can hate it so that you can finally fall in love with broccoli and be on your merry little weight loss journey. That's not quite how this works. If this is you, you're confused, but that's okay. I'm about to clear it up for you. Are you ready? You will Always enjoy the sweets and other really delicious foods. Listen to that again. You will always enjoy sweets and other really delicious foods. Food is meant to be pleasurable. It is pleasurable for a reason. That is not what neutral means. Neutral does not mean that all of a sudden, all the foods that you are blaming for weight gain are going to become not interesting to you you will continue to enjoy them. That doesn't really ever change. An exception might be foods that you tricked yourself into liking because you thought they were good substitutions for the real version, so you kept eating them in excess, trying to satisfy the craving for what you really wanted, or you might get tired of something specific, but you'll never just not enjoy the taste of food. We're supposed to get some pleasure from eating. What does change is that you don't feel triggered by them anymore. So let's talk about what triggered means. Triggered means that it sets off a reaction of some kind. People associate being triggered with something so negative and they try to make it mean something that is so bad and they're like, oh my gosh, it's triggering, it's bad, I think Foods are bad now because I'm calling them trigger foods. But the reality is the trigger part means that it triggers some sort of reaction, some kind of emotion or behavior. That is it. So let's not get hung up on the word or make it mean something that it doesn't. When you aren't triggered by a food, you don't feel any guilt when you eat these foods. You don't have to have them at the very moment that you think of them or just because they're around you. There's no shame or negative emotion attached. You don't feel urgent or out of control. You don't really feel uncomfortable around them. You can walk away when your body says that it has had enough. You don't feel like you're having this last supper as you promise yourself that tomorrow you're going to be better. They don't have to do your heavy emotional lifting either, meaning that you don't only get your pleasure from these foods. You get it from other places as well, and they aren't your band-aid for pain. These foods become something that you choose to eat because you want them and because you're hungry. You're present with them. You eat enough to satisfy your taste buds and body and then move on. It isn't about not wanting them and you trying hard to not want them is slowing you down from getting to that neutral place. So if you're serving yourself a tiny bite, hoping that it's going to be enough to make you tired of eating it, but not so much that you'll gain weight or stall your progress, you're stepping on your own foot here. They're struggling to keep it to a small piece of cake when you really wanted to eat the whole slice as your dinner. So you eat the small piece and then you go back for another sliver and then another. And before you know it, you've eaten half the pan. And this happens because you're trying to sneak it past yourself. You're trying to make it a little bit smaller. You're trying to make it seem like it's just a little bit. It's just a bite here and there when the reality is it isn't. And the reason you want it to be so little is because you don't want to hear the voice in your head criticizing you for eating cake. When if you would have just served yourself the full slice in the beginning, you would have walked away satisfied because your brain requires satisfaction at your meals too. It's not just these evil taste buds that make you feel out of control. Your brain wants to be satisfied by the experience of eating. It's not very satisfying to keep sneaking little bites trying to trick yourself into thinking you haven't eaten them. Now, another issue that comes up with trigger foods is limiting the type. While most clients tend to gravitate towards the sweets and maybe some chips or crisps, whatever you call them, those are not the only types of foods that might be triggering something for you. Logically, in the front of your mind, because you've villainized it so hard, you know that sweets are the problem. But humming in the background, this idea that you've completely ignored is that you haven't even considered that you are terrified to have two sources of fat on your plate at one meal, a carb at the end of the day, or heaven forbid you eat protein, fat, and a carb at the same meal. You'd never consider salad dressing or cheese or both. Perhaps you're someone who was taught that fruit was bad, went through that phase myself. Maybe you balk at the idea of cinnamon and sugar oatmeal packets, but you're okay with the steel cut oats because they're healthy. But inside, you know that you would love the convenience of the packet and they always smell so good. But sugar. Because of these hidden food rules, it's common to feel like you've neutralized food and then have something else come up for you kind of catches you by surprise and you find yourself doing the work again. That's okay. There doesn't have to be all this pressure to get it all over with. The idea is to practice, to be present, to keep working on it. When these come up, accept the challenge as it comes and remind yourself that you are capable of eating any food responsibly. Try incorporating a wide variety of foods into your meals and watch your diet rules Hit the road. Now, the last thing, it's probably not the last thing, but it's the last thing I'm gonna talk about today that comes up with trigger foods is family and social dynamics. There is so much shame attached to eating these foods in front of people because of what you have made them mean, or because of who you have pretended to be. You might identify as the healthy one, the dieter, the one with the iron willpower. That's what everybody thinks of you because that is the face that you have put out into the world. They don't know about your secret eating. They don't know about the binges. They don't know about your drive-through on the way home from the restaurant getting what you actually wanted to eat. And so... You have this identity that maybe you've gotten some praise for over time. Maybe somebody has congratulated you and just said something like, oh, I could never do what you do and you're so strong and that made you feel good. And so losing this identity as the healthy one or the fit one or the dieter can be really challenging. What would they think if they saw you order something off the menu without any substitutions or restrictions? When you lose an identity, the ego feels it. It sends out feelings of shame and fear. It wants to grab it back. That makes it so much harder to drop the emotion and get to neutral. So if you are dealing with an identity, just expect or manage your expectations that this is going to take a little while for you to work with the food and also with your mind. But here's the good news. You get more practice. You get to start soothing your ego response by reminding yourself that you are doing just fine and nothing is wrong with eating this way. And the more you do that, the more you start to trade your identity as the clean eater, the healthy eater, the whatever dieter, and you flip it and start identifying as the balanced eater, the person who can eat all the things and not worry about it. And someone who has a very healthy and confident relationship around food the better you're going to feel, the less you're going to have to have this fight. In my experience, the fear of losing the identity and being judged by others is pretty unfounded. Instead, most loved ones tend to be curious and relieved to see you finally eating in a way that looks normal to them. There are exceptions, of course, a partner that's a health nut, that you've been hiding your secret eating from, the concerned parent that worries that you might be doing some kind of damage to your children because you're eating chocolate alongside your chicken breast. There are some individual challenges that we have to navigate as they come up, but it usually only takes a conversation that directly asks for support in the way that you need to receive it. Everyone's journey looks a little bit different. What one person needs to work through, another won't think twice about. This is all great news. It means that you get to keep the pleasure and work toward your goals. It means you can bring back your childhood favorites, your culturally traditional foods, and you never have to look at a menu ahead of time again to ensure that you can order a salad to strip down, take all the good stuff off, dump your purse chicken on top, and concoct your own calorie-free version of a dressing made out of mustard. All foods are fat loss foods depending on how you eat them. And that is something you need to start working on believing. If you're restricting and binging, secret eating, feeling out of control at restaurants or on weekends, then you aren't experiencing a healthy relationship with food. If you catch yourself saying, we can't have that in the house or I'll eat my face off or put it up in a high cupboard or get it out of my sight or hide it from me you are not experiencing a healthy relationship with food. The reality is food is meant for three things, pleasure, nutrients, energy. When you cut out the pleasure, you lose more than just the taste. You start losing control. You're taking away one of the best gifts being a human gets us. A delicious and pleasurable experience that you get to have several times a day and bonus, it's essential to keep you alive. How great is that? Why are we trying to ruin this for ourselves? I eat all of these kinds of foods often, and I enjoy them. Sometimes I leave bites of them behind, and other times I eat the whole thing. But that is how I treat all of my food. I ask myself, what sounds good to me? I eat it, and I leave the rest behind when I've had enough. It's a very neutral feeling, kind of boring. But there are no lingering feelings of guilt or should have there isn't any urgency about it either. If I want it and I'm hungry, I'll eat it. If I don't or I'm not, then I won't. That kind of relationship with food is peaceful and it doesn't happen quickly or easily for most people. It takes practice. It takes walking away when your mind says there's still food on the plate, but your body has said it's done. It takes hearing those self-sabotaging thoughts and reminding yourself that food is a abundant and always available so that binge eating and restriction doesn't get triggered. It's being willing to acknowledge when you could have done a little bit better and stopped a few bites sooner, but being kind to yourself in the process. It takes being willing to screw it up and overeat while you're figuring it out. You won't want to eat all the things until you're sick forever. But if that's how you feel now, the only way out is through. Restriction is not the answer. And now it's your turn. I'd love to hear your stories. I want to hear your experiences. Shoot me an email. DM me on Instagram. And if you got something out of this, please do the cool thing and write and review the podcast. Screenshot it. Share it on your social media. Be sure to tag me so I can come and show you some love. And of course, my inbox is always open. So I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you next time. Bye.